The tales on this podcast are dark, sometimes scary, and full of adult themes. As a warning, the original story of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow features violence and frightening imagery. Please exercise caution for children under 13. Hans Van Ripper stood on his front porch, straining to see through the early morning fog. Something was moving in his front yard, but he couldn't make out what it was exactly. Ichabod? he called out as he moved toward the formless black mass. Ichabod hadn't been home since the Van Tassel party the night prior. Hans hardly slept, angry that his boarder failed to return his prized horse gunpowder in a timely manner. But now that it was morning and there was no sign of Ichabod, Hans was worried. Mr. Crane, he called out again, but there was still no reply. He stopped in his tracks as the hulking, dark mass slowly drifted toward him. Stay back, the farmer shouted, but it paid him no mind, only getting closer and closer. The figure stepped through the fog and Hans exhaled. It was gunpowder, but he was missing his saddle as well as Ichabod. Hans' stomach turned upside down. Hans ran toward the barn and threw open the door, hoping that Ichabod was asleep in his room and he could give him hell for not tying up his horse properly. But there was no sign of the schoolteacher. His room was left untouched. He hadn't been home. Desperate, Hans jumped on gunpowder and headed toward the Van Tassels. He hoped they might know what happened to Ichabod. But the thick fog made it difficult for him to see. As gunpowder trotted across the bridge to Hell's Bottom, Hans pulled the reins. Something laid just off the side of the road, sticking out of the bushes. Hans jumped off the horse and bent down to get a closer look. It was Ichabod's hat, sitting in a small pool of blood. But Ichabod himself was nowhere to be found. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You're listening to Tales, a ParCast original. Every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of another fairy tale. You can find all episodes of Tales and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Tales for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Tales in the search bar. Today, we're concluding our retelling of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the story of Ichabod Crane and his encounter with the Headless Horseman. Coming up, we'll continue with part two of this tale. After arriving in Sleepy Hollow to take over as the new school headmaster, Ichabod Crane quickly discovered that the small Dutch community had more to offer than simply wonderful views of the Hudson River. He couldn't help but be enraptured by the tale of their local ghost, the Headless Horseman. But it wasn't just the legend that captured Ichabod's attention. There was also the lovely and wealthy Katrina Van Tassel. 
There was just one problem. Standing in his way was the beloved local hero, Brom Bones Van Brunt, who'd also set his sights on Katrina. All of it, Katrina, Brom, the headless horseman, came together on one night for Ichabod. After dancing the night away with Katrina at a soiree at her family manor, Ichabod and Brom stood out on the porch with the other men, exchanging ghost stories. But all that stopped after Old Man Brower confirmed that the headless horseman was real. Ichabod stared at Brower. He was waiting for the punchline, but it wasn't a joke. The reality of the old man's encounter with the horseman chilled Ichabod to the bone. His hands began to tremble. All the men of Sleepy Hollow sat in complete silence around the porch as old man Brower puffed on his cigar. Ichabod watched the smoke swirl through the air as the gravity of the story hit him. Finally, Ichabod broke through the silence as his excitement surged. Mr. Brower, you're telling us that this ghoul accosted you? Brower smiled at Ichabod and nodded. He's as real as you or I. Ichabod was right all along. The supernatural was real. He was living a ghost story. All of these people were living a ghost story. He was correct to be so scared of the mysteries in the night. All his fears were justified. Somehow it made him feel free. If these weren't just old wives' tales, if they were real, then nobody was more prepared than he to deal with them. Ichabod knew everything about the paranormal, and he had already survived one experience with the Hessian. For the first time in his life, Ichabod's terror and excitement melded together as one. He was filled with a brand new feeling, confidence. He stopped shaking. He leaned forward, eager to share his own tale. I too. Brom stomped his foot, interrupting Ichabod before he could even begin. All eyes shifted from Ichabod back toward his rival. I've seen the headless horseman, Brom said proudly. Ichabod's eyes narrowed. Brom was trying to take his moment. The schoolteacher took a step back from the light of the porch and into the shadows. After his encounter with Brom at the schoolhouse, he didn't want to risk being the butt of another one of his jokes. Brom kept his voice low as he told of his own ride through Hell's Bottom. It sounded very familiar. Heavy hooves around the church, slowly growing louder, closer. Ichabod couldn't help but be intrigued. It wasn't just a love of Katrina that he and Brom shared. They also had similar encounters with the Hessian. Ichabod stewed in the darkness as Brom leaned toward the crowd. Then he raised his voice. I urged my horse faster, but the horseman stayed right on my tail. I could feel his breath on my neck. I looked to the side, and there he was, huge, dressed in his Hessian uniform, cradling his head in his hands. That was a detail Ichabod hadn't heard before. He inched closer as Brom grew excited, talking faster. The bridge to the church was fast approaching. I laid the whip into my horse, taking just enough of a lead, but in a flash. 
Brom smacked his hands together, the sound echoing like thunder across the farm. Any other time, Ichabod would have jumped through the roof of the porch, but not tonight. Finally, he had control over his fear. He shook his head as he watched Brom finish his ridiculous story. In a flash, he turned into a solid flame and shot past me, riding into the church graveyard. He doesn't race clean, and I'm not sure how I got away with my life, but he's as real as my love for Katrina Van Tassel. Brom gave the crowd a wink as they burst out in applause. He's just trying to get a rise out of you, Ichabod thought to himself. He wasn't going to let Brom get the best of him again. He was a blowhard after all. As the crowd broke up, old man Brower hobbled up to Ichabod and laid a hand on his shoulder. He's full of it, Brower muttered as if reading the schoolteacher's mind. Ichabod smiled at the old man and reached out to shake his hand. The two shared stories of ghosts and witches into the dark evening, but as Brower was wrapping up a tale about the haunting of Major Andre's tree, Ichabod couldn't help but glance over Brower's shoulder. Through the frosted porch window, something caught his eye. It was Katrina. Ichabod's heart fluttered. He stared at her as she walked by, completely ignoring what Brower was saying. Brower noticed and followed the young man's gaze, glancing over his shoulder with his good eye. He turned back to Ichabod. You know, Brom is going to be telling lies for the next hour. A smile broke across Ichabod's face. He knew now was his chance. Brom could steal his moment on the porch, but Ichabod was going to steal Katrina's heart. He was the better man after all, and he had a hunch that Katrina felt the same way about him. He was going to tell her the truth. He was in love with her, and he felt in his gut that there was no better time than right now. Ichabod threw open the porch door and rushed inside the Van Tassel Manor. As soon as he was inside, Ichabod realized how long they had all been telling stories on the porch. The party had all but broken up, and only a few people were left inside. He wouldn't have much time to talk to Katrina before they would all be shown out. Ichabod went room to room, desperately searching for her. Finally, he breathed a sigh of relief as he came to the library. Katrina sat by the fireplace, a glass of punch in one hand and a book in the other. He smiled. Would you like a bit of company? Katrina looked up and locked eyes with him. She grinned and nodded to a nearby chair before dropping her eyes back down to her book. Then, her voice droll, she said, How were the ghost stories? Did Brom top whatever nonsense tales the old men were spinning? She didn't bother to look back up for a response. Not that she needed to. Ichabod was incapable of resisting her charm. Her wit, as always, rivaled her beauty. He slid down into a plush, clawfoot chair by the fireplace, across from her. He watched Katrina as she read. By the firelight, she looked like a Rembrandt painting, perfectly angelic in the golden glow. 
He looked around the library and imagined their life together. He could see them sitting there in front of the fire, reading with each other, raising children in the house. Ichabod was getting ahead of himself. He had to tell her how he felt. Ichabod took a deep breath. He was more terrified than he'd ever been of any ghost story, but it was a good terror. He believed everything had led to this. His firing in Hartford, his difficult journey to Sleepy Hollow, she was his reason for being there, and now was the time. Ichabod leaned forward. His eyes were dewy, but his voice was as sharp and confident as it had ever been. Katrina, you're the most beautiful woman to ever live. Katrina slowly closed the book and lifted her eyes to Ichabod. She smiled. Is that so? Ichabod smiled back. The sounds of the party had all faded away. It was just the two of them alone in the library. He felt sure of himself and of the moment. He abandoned his chair and moved directly beside her at the fireplace. He reached over and took her hand. She gave his a squeeze. Ichabod felt the blood rush to his head as he opened his mouth. I must take you away from this place, Miss Van Tassel. Let's run away together, somewhere out west, maybe Kentucky. Build a life with me out in the wilderness. We'll buy a few hundred acres and just live, you and me. Katrina narrowed her eyes as her smile grew wider. She leaned in close to Ichabod, her face inches away from his, and sniffed the air. Are you drunk? Ichabod shook his head. He had never been more sober. He had never been more sure of anything in his life. All his nervous energy was bursting out of him now. He squeezed her hand and dropped down to one knee. Miss Van Tassel, would you marry me? Ichabod looked up to Katrina. Her jaw dropped. Coming up, Ichabod gets Katrina's answer. Now back to the story. Ichabod stared up at Katrina, his eyes wide with hope. He knew with every fiber of his being that he'd never been more in love than he was with her. After hearing the story of Old Man Brower's encounter with the Headless Horseman, he'd gained a new confidence. For the first time, he knew what he wanted, and he wasn't going to waste another minute. So here he was, on one knee, asking for her hand in marriage— all he needed was her answer, and they could begin their lives together. He gazed at her, dewy-eyed, waiting for the words to fall from her perfect lips. Katrina stared at Ichabod, blindsided by his proposal. She quickly recovered and joked, So you are drunk. Clearly, she didn't seem to see how serious Ichabod was about this. So he asked the question again, staring directly into her eyes. Will you marry me? Katrina's eyes went wide, and she let out a nervous giggle. She shook her head. I hardly know you. 
Ichabod was undeterred. He knew that she felt the same way. He squeezed her hand tighter. I feel like the forces of the universe have led me here to you to save you from a dullard like Brom. Katrina turned cold. She didn't need saving. She was capable of making her own choices, and her choice was final. Her voice had lost all its playfulness. You're an interesting gentleman, Mr. Crane, but I don't want to marry you. Ichabod began stammering. This wasn't how he saw his proposal going. His newfound confidence was fading. Sweat beaded on his forehead as he tried again. We can build a life together, sell off the hogs and cows. We don't need this farm. We need each other. Katrina tried to pull her hand away, but Ichabod held on tight. He wasn't giving up. But neither was Katrina. She jerked her hand away from his and slapped him hard. Ichabod held his hand to his face, rattled. He had never been hit by a woman like that. It hurt more than he imagined, nor had he ever seen such rage in someone's eyes. Katrina was furious. She growled at him, pointing a finger in his face. You're not the first boy to ride through town, see my father's estate, and think you're going to sweep me off my feet with tales of the big city. Whose money did you plan on using for your new life in Kentucky? Yours or mine? Go make your own life, Mr. Crane. Katrina turned her back on him and pointed toward the door. Ichabod stood stunned, his heart broken into a thousand pieces. The thoughts of children playing by the fire had long disappeared from his mind. The future life he'd imagined was more of a fantasy than any ghost story had ever been. She was his destiny, but now he had nothing. His anguish quickly turned to rage. He stomped toward the door. How dare she reject me, he thought. He was smarter than Brom, more cultured. She was just a simple country girl. Ichabod spun around to give her one last piece of his mind. You're a small-minded woman in a small-minded town. I was wrong about you. You deserve an imbecile like Brom. Katrina wheeled around, fire burning in her eyes, but she didn't speak. She froze, her eyes staring past Ichabod. There was a knocking at the open door. Ichabod turned, coming face to face with Brom. Ichabod pointed his bony finger up at him. This is all your fault. Brom grabbed Ichabod without a word and threw him into the hall. Ichabod slammed against the wall. He raised his chin high in the air, defiant. I'm better than you. Brom poked a strong, meaty finger into Ichabod's chest. Ichabod tried not to look scared, but he could feel his body shaking as Brom leaned in close. You mistake intelligence for worth. You're smarter than me, but you're not better than me. And you're certainly not better than someone as kind as Katrina. You're not welcome in Sleepy Hollow. The brute looked at Ichabod, almost with pity. You should go, 
Ichabod gave Brahm a shove and marched down the hall. He had had enough. Ichabod swiped a bottle of wine from an empty table and stepped out into the night. It was freezing and pitch black, but for once, the noises of the outside didn't send him shaking with fright. Ghosts couldn't hurt him any more than Katrina Van Tassel. Ichabod stumbled to the stables, passing the last few guests on their way out. No one bothered to say goodbye to him. Their sideways glances were enough to let him know that word of his ill-received proposal had quickly spread. Ichabod turned the bottle upside down, not leaving a single drop. Now he had nothing left to do but go back to his barn and sleep off the wine. Tomorrow would be a new day. Gunpowder was the last horse in the stable, tied up at the back. The plow horse was hard enough to handle when Ichabod was sober, but now that he was drunk, he was even more of a handful. Ichabod sat on Hans Van Ripper's prized saddle and for once was thankful for the darkness. He was suddenly self-conscious about his elbows and knees sticking out like wings and was grateful that no one could see him. He yanked back on the reins, leading the stubborn horse into the night. The moon was high overhead and for the first time in weeks, there wasn't a heavy fog covering Sleepy Hollow. He could see clear across the Tappan Zee. If he hadn't been in such a horrible mood, he would have appreciated its beauty. The loss of Katrina hit him hard. He had never felt so alone and dismal. And unluckily for him, the Van Ripper estate was all the way on the other side of the village. It would be a long ride. Ichabod trotted the horse out onto the road. His head hung down in defeat. With all of his previous confidence faded, the sounds of the night once again crept back into his mind. The horseman is somewhere out here. A chill shot down his spine. All his old fears began to return. Heartbreak was real, but so was the Hessian, Old Man Brower had confirmed as much. Ichabod's head jerked to attention. He suddenly noticed his surroundings. He was fast approaching Hell's Bottom. Ichabod began to whistle. He didn't have the heart nor the confidence to burst into song as he usually would. Whistling was going to have to occupy his mind as he rode to the gulch below. Something groaned off the side of the path. Ichabod's head whipped in the direction of the sound. His hand was once again shaking. He shouted out, Hello! It groaned again, but this time he spotted the source. It wasn't a ghost, just a dead branch creaking in the wind. Ichabod began to whistle louder. The trees had blocked out the stars, and he could only see in slashes of moonlight cutting through the branches. But then he spotted something up ahead, something hanging in the tree. A jagged streak of white seemed to dance up ahead. Ichabod couldn't tell if it was moving or if it was the branches around the glowing apparition. His eyes were locked on the white patch in the blackness, dancing in the trees. I don't want tonight to be my first ghost sighting, 
he thought to himself, he'd never wanted so desperately to be back in the safety of the Van Ripper's old barn. Ichabod breathed a sigh of relief as the wind died down. He could see clearly now. It wasn't a ghost. It was just an old lightning strike that had scarred the tree. Ichabod let out a sigh of relief. The moonlight had cut through a patch of dead trees, and he could see the creek ahead. It was there that Old Man Brower had his encounter with the headless horseman. His relief was short-lived. Ichabod panicked and dug his heels into the side of gunpowder, spurring the horse along. Go, go, you stupid animal! Gunpowder took off, nearly throwing Ichabod to the ground, but he wrapped his hands around the reins and tried to gain control of the horse, but it was no use. The stubborn beast veered off the road at full speed. Gunpowder plowed through the brush. Branches and leaves smacked Ichabod in the face and hit him from all sides. The horse then drifted to the side, smashing Ichabod into the side of a fence. The wood scraped through his suit pants, cutting into his leg. Ichabod's hand let go of the rein as he grasped his thigh in pain. He picked a poor time to let go of the horse. Gunpowder slammed to a stop, sending Ichabod flying off his back, over the horse's head, and crashing down into the creek. Ichabod laid in the shallow water, his body now as battered as his heart. He pulled himself out of the creek and onto the bank, bracing himself against the horse. But as he tried to catch his breath, something moved across the road. He craned his neck to get a better look, but nothing was there. Shaking, he pulled himself on top of gunpowder and began singing Amazing Grace. But he stopped immediately. His eyes searched through the darkness. There it was again. The sound of hooves clattered like they were coming from the other side of the road. He strained his eyes to see further. It looked like there was a large black shape sitting off in the brush. Surely it's just a shadow, he thought. He launched back into amazing grace, but the shadow moved out of the darkness and into the moonlight. Ichabod's singing stopped again as a brand new kind of dread shot through his body. His chest ached with fright at the silhouette across the road. It was another rider without a head. Coming up, Ichabod finally encounters the Headless Horseman. Now, back to our story. Ichabod stood, paralyzed. He wanted to think that what he was seeing was a figment of his imagination, a mirage created by his drunk mind or broken heart. Katrina's rejection of his proposal had put him in quite a state. But the thing across the road looked far more terrifying and real than even Ichabod's wild imagination could have conjured. It was a rider with no head. Ichabod stared at the dark silhouette, not daring to move an inch. It can't be. For all of his love of the supernatural, he never thought he'd actually see the horseman. 
He told himself again that his eyes were just playing tricks on him. It was just a normal rider, probably someone else coming from the Van Tassel party. Hello there, Ichabod called out, but there was no reply. The rider's massive black horse snorted and shook his mane, but the headless silhouette stood still, facing Ichabod. Ichabod's teeth clattered as he opened his mouth again. I said hello there. Who are you? There was still no answer. The rider didn't move. Ichabod lightly tapped his heels into Gunpowder's sides, easing him back onto the road. He thought about sprinting past the other man and his horse, but the Van Tassel estate was the only thing in that direction. He had to cross the bridge. The long ride home was his only option. Carefully, he guided the horse across. Ichabod could hear the rider's heavy steps following him. He wasn't charging or trying to pass, and he stayed just far enough away that Ichabod couldn't get a good look at him in the dark. But Ichabod saw all he needed to see. His body trembled as he began to sing, How Great Thou Art. But the hymn did little to ease his mind. His voice couldn't cover up the tip-tap of hooves following right behind him. Ichabod dug his heels into Gunpowder's sides. As he trotted down the bridge, he gave another quick look behind him. This time Ichabod could make out a bit more. He could see the gold trim on the jacket and the gleam of brass buttons. It was a Hessian uniform. Ichabod jerked his head forward. It was the Headless Horseman. He wanted to race Brom and Brower. Maybe he wants to race me, he thought. Ichabod hated the idea of galloping through Hell's Bottom at night, but he had no choice. The dark and ominous gulch was the only path to town. It was his only option if he wanted to escape the Hessian. Yaw! Ichabod shouted as he kicked the horse. Gunpowder took off like a shot, bouncing Ichabod up and down on the saddle. Ichabod felt like he was going to be split in two. His body was a boiling pot of pain and terror. They were approaching the next bridge. Ichabod recognized it immediately. It was where the horseman threw old man Brower from his saddle and took off into the sky. Ichabod prayed that this might be the end of his living nightmare. But as gunpowder flew across the bridge, Ichabod could hear the horsemen right behind them getting closer. He wasn't vanishing into the night. He was after Ichabod. Gunpowder sped out from the cover of the trees and into a clearing. Ichabod's eyes went wide. The church was fast approaching, the site of the Hessian's grave, where he allegedly overtook Brom. Ichabod's heart was pounding. Every hair on his body stood on end. He hoped that Brom was telling the truth. He desperately wanted the rider to burst into flame and ride past him into the night. But he had no such luck. As they passed the graveyard, Ichabod looked over his shoulder. The horseman had drawn closer, and in the shining moonlight, he could see that the Hessian did have a head. Just not one on his shoulders. 
The headless horseman had his cradled in his arm, just as Brahm had described. Ichabod could make out two blank, empty voids for eyes. Ichabod yelped in terror, for all the times he'd been scared of the wind and owls and wolves, he had never been more afraid than in that moment. But now there was no time for the comfort of prayer or songs. The horseman was gaining on him. Ichabod laid the whip into Gunpowder's backside, hoping to get one last burst of speed out of the horse. Gunpowder surged ahead, bucking Ichabod high into the air. The saddle slipped off his back and tumbled to the ground. Ichabod fell with a heavy thump onto the bare back of the horse. He could hear the saddle get trampled behind him. Now it wasn't just the horseman that Ichabod feared, but Hans Van Ripper. That was his best saddle. But the thought left as quick as it came. The headless horseman was right behind him now. Ichabod could feel the horse's hot breath. From the corner of his eye, he saw the Hessian steed pull up right beside him. Ichabod pushed Gunpowder forward, whipping him as fast as he could with his free hand, while the other stayed latched onto the horse's mane, holding on with every ounce of strength he had. There was one last bridge to cross before he made it into the town proper. Just get over this bridge, he told himself. Of all the stories of the headless horseman Ichabod had heard, none of them had been in town. He prayed that the rider wouldn't follow him there. Ichabod gave one quick glance over his shoulder. The headless horseman was right beside him. In the next moment, time slowed down for Ichabod. He saw the Hessian pull back his arm and, without breaking stride, throw his severed head directly at him. Ichabod barely had time to register that it wasn't a head that was hurtling toward his face. It was a pumpkin. The next morning, after Ichabod had failed to return home, Hans found the schoolteacher's hat by the bridge. It was the only sign that he had ever been there, other than the spatter of blood that covered the road. The busted pumpkin that laid in the ditch nearby didn't register as odd to Hans. It was October after all, and they regularly fell off wagons going to market. Hans picked up Ichabod's hat and held it tightly in his hand. He scanned the road back toward the church. There, he spotted something else scattered about the road. It was the remnants of his prized saddle. I'll be damned. Maybe the headless horseman did get him, Hans whispered to himself as he hopped back on gunpowder and rode back toward town. Hans gathered all the men he could to search the creek, but a body was never found. Sleepy Hollow declared Ichabod Crane dead, the latest victim of the deadly headless horseman. Sometime later, Hans heard that Ichabod survived, but ashamed of his behavior at the Van Tassels and whatever had happened out on that road with the horsemen, he left in the middle of the night. He heard he moved to Buffalo and became a lawyer. Hans thought that life suited someone like Crane a lot more than Sleepy Hollow did. 
Others, though, refused to believe that Ichabod had moved on. They remained convinced that the headless horseman killed Ichabod that night. Chiefly among them was Katrina Van Tassel's new husband, Brom Van Brunt. Hans couldn't help but notice that Brom seemed to take particular delight in recounting Ichabod's theoretical encounter with the horseman. He could never figure out how Brom knew so many exact details of Ichabod Crane's final ride. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is one of America's first and most beloved ghost stories. Washington Irving's mix of old-world mythology and new-world history and locations gives the legend a life and realism other works of pure fiction can't quite accomplish. There really was a Hessian soldier who lost his head at the Battle of White Plains in 1776, and the story's actual geographical markers, from the Tappan Zee and Terrytown all the way down to Major Andre's tree, ground the audience in the real world and help open up the possibilities of the supernatural. But it isn't just the iconic imagery or the thrilling prose that keeps the story of Sleepy Hollow alive. The two male leads of the story, Ichabod Crane and Brom Bones, provide starkly different and competing examples of male masculinity, both with their own benefits and toxicity. Irving wrote The Legend of Sleepy Hollow as America was transitioning from an agrarian society to a more urban one. The idea of what was manly was beginning to change, something that seems to happen for every generation. Irving's tale, particularly the impressionable and easily frightened protagonist, tapped into that constant flux of gender, sex, and masculinity. The urbane and artistic Ichabod views himself as a nice guy, worthy of the world, but doesn't think much about the hard work that has to go into earning it. Brahm, on the other hand, is hyper-aggressive, but is also a natural storyteller. He's beloved by his neighbors, not because of his manliness, but because of his kindness. However, neither character comes out smelling like a rose, and Irving is careful to maintain that neither Ichabod nor Brahm's example of masculinity is wholly good or right. Ultimately, Ichabod's flaws, his arrogance and obsessive behavior, are his undoing. In the end, he wasn't running from the horsemen, but himself. Thanks for listening to Tales. We'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Tales and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Tales, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Tales on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Tales in the search bar. Join me next week for another dark and surprising fairy tale.
Tales was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Tales was written by Jesse Harris, with writing assistance by Alex Garland. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 